Good morning, UECP. Well, just like last month, today's sermon is rated PG. No? And uh, at this rate, no, a few more sermons such as this, and who knows, I may be branded as the PG preacher. Anyway, in our two-week sermon series on Proverbs, we focus on the family. And indeed, it is a very timely advice or reminder for all of us because during this time of unending lockdowns, no, you have ECQ, MECQ, MGCQ, GCQ, kulang na lang nga, barbecue. No? But seriously, no, with all this unending lockdowns, we really need to find help to strengthen our family in the midst of this pandemic. Last Sunday, Pastor Wiljo talked about how parents should raise their children rightly. No? This morning, I'll be speaking to the husband and to the wife on how to protect your marriage. So whether parenting or marriage, we should always reflect the relationship that Jesus Christ has with his people. And this relationship should be marked with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. This morning, we will deal with matters of great consequence, in particular, adultery, which can threaten and even destroy our marriage and altogether our family. Now, I'm sure adultery is a very sensitive topic, and for some, you might be uncomfortable in listening to this. But may I encourage you to please hold on to that remote. Do not touch it. No, do not even press that space bar. No. The Lord allowed us or allowed you to be here at this moment for a reason. You may have friends who are married, and uh, this message might help them as you reach out to them. Or you yourselves might be toying with this idea in your mind for quite some time. Or for some, you are already in this predicament. But there's a way out. No? Let me repeat that. There is a way out. And so, please, stay and listen. And so, before we continue, no, uh, let us all bow our heads and pray. Lord, I pray for everyone who is listening to your message right now that you will not allow anyone or anything to distract them or hinder them. I pray that, Lord, you will allow me to clearly, and exp clearly express what you want us to learn, nothing more, nothing less. Allow us to have a humble and teachable heart. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear, hands and feet, to act in accordance to your word. 
may you truly lay upon our hearts the things that are yours, Father. For we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, there was a pastor who recounted, no? Sabi niya, after being a pastor for more than three decades, I have lost count, no? Sa dami of the number of wayward husband and wife that has come to him, no? And alam niyo ba, when they wept, huh? they were weeping in a very emotional and heart-wrenching way. And uh, all they can say is, Hi, I have wrecked everything. I have destroyed everything. If only I could turn back the clock. If only I could make a different choice. Sadly, this particular pastor also became one of the statistics that he was talking about. Because a few years ago, he also was guilty of sexual misconduct by having an affair with a married woman. Add to that yung iba pang mga sexual charges. While most Filipinos, no, when I say most, no, karamihan, 96%, no, while most Filipinos disapprove of extramarital relations, ironically, infidelity happens on a daily basis, which incidentally is the theme of many local and international teleseries. No? And this is quite evident in the number of cases of, or annulment cases being filed in court. You know, in the last decades, no, there has been a 40% increase in the number of cases being filed in court almost 22 plus cases a day add to that last august 17 the absolute divorce bill a bill legalizing divorce is already in the plenary of our congress and if approved it's going to be disastrous for our family there's this infamous website with the slogan no sabi nila life is short have an affair According to them, they say that their online dating system no, offers, listen to this, an alternative and unconventional approach to strengthen their marriage. Really? No? How can you strengthen your marriage by cheating? How can you strengthen your marriage by lying, by being unfaithful to your partner? You know, don't be fooled by this crazy nonsense. They're saying these things for the purpose of what? Justifying infidelity. The old saying, what you don't know won't hurt. Well, it has been proven false many times. And so, if there's one thing I want you to remember, it's this. When adultery checks in, everything precious checks out. Let me repeat that. When adultery checks in, everything precious checks out. Now, how are we, how, how can we stand firm against adultery? Well, in this passage that we read a while ago, there are two ways 
that we can stand firm against adultery. Now, the first is keep God's word. Keep God's word and follow his commands. Okay? In chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Proverbs, every time Solomon has to deal with the issue of adultery, he always begins with a very firm and strong warning. No? In Proverbs chapter 5, verse 1, he said, Give attention to wisdom. Incline your ears to understanding. In Proverbs chapter 7, verse 1, he said, Keep my words, treasure my commandments. And in today's passage, in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, he begins by saying, Observe the commandments. Do not forsake the teaching. Now, all these statements may be worded differently, but all of them have one basic theme. And what is that? Keep God's word and follow his command. Now, the question is, how are we able to do that? No? Well, he continued by saying, bind them on your neck, tie them, bind them on your heart, and tie them around your neck. Now, to bind and to tie have the same meaning. No? It, is, it says that to bind and to tie means that to attach. No? To attach or to connect something to something. No? And in this instance, to attach ourselves to the Word of God. No? To attach ourselves to the Word of God. Now, to attach or to connect ourselves to the Word of God, no? dapat we should not take this uh, statement literally. No? It should not be taken literally because uh, later in Jewish history, the scribes and Pharisees no? literally did that no? by uh, tying phylacteries. No? They literally tie phylacteries on their foreheads. And what is a phylactery? It is a black leather box made of a uh, uh, small black leather box no? made of animal skin. And inside that box are four biblical verses of the Bible. And what do they do? They would tie them on their left arm and on their forehead. I guess you remember, no? in Matthew chapter 23, verse 5, Jesus criticizing some of the scribes and Pharisees. Why? Well, because he was saying, for they preach, but they not do, do not do what they are saying. No, they do not walk the talk. And then in verse five, no, listen to this: they do all their deeds to be seen by others. No, because bakit gusto lang nilang makita, no, magpakita, and then to show off and to be praised by people. For they make their phylacteries broad and their fringes long. And Jesus condemned the scribes and Pharisees because they are not obeying what they are teaching the Israelites. On the other hand, this command of attaching and connecting God's word in our hearts and necks should be taken in a figurative sense. So what do I mean by that? Well, some would say now when you take it in a figurative sense, it, should, it would mean memorizing the passages of the Bible. 
Surely, memorization plays an important part, but it should also involve the concept of Shema. No? Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Shema Israel, no? or hear, O Israel. Now, to hear, ano bang ibig sabihin nun? To hear doesn't just mean to listen. To hear doesn't just mean to be informed. To hear also involves the aspect of obeying. Obeying. And thus, to bind God's word in our heart means that aside from memorizing His Word, aside from being informed of all the commands of God, we should also obey everything that is written in it. You know, a classic illustration was when Jesus was uh, contrasting two builders in Luke chapter 6, verse 49. He begins by saying, Everyone who comes to me and hears my voice and acts on them, Yan yung concept of listening and obeying. So, ano yung kahinantat ng isang taong who comes, who hears, and who acts? Well, he is like a builder who dugs deep and lays a foundation on the rock. When the flood occurs, when the torrent bursts against it, it was not shaken. Back it. Because it has been well built. But the one who listens and do not act accordingly, well, ano nangyari sa kanya? Well, when the floods occurred, when the torrent burst against it, no, it immediately collapsed, and the ruin on that house was great. Is Jesus really your Lord? And I would emphasize on the word Lord, because Jesus was asking them, and Jesus is asking you as well. Why? Do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? But if we faithfully bind, okay, pag sinabing bind na, if we faithfully bind, that is hearing and obeying, no? if we faithfully bind God's Word in our heart, then God's Word will be our guide who will guide us so that we will not get lost. God's Word will be what? Our watchman who watches and protects us even while we rest. God's Word will be our true friend who talks and counsels us along the way. And then what happens? In verse 23, the idea here is similar to what the psalmist has experienced in Psalm 119 verse 5. When God's Word, no? when we bind God's Word in our heart, then the Word of God will be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. That's the same command Paul gave to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. He instructed him in his pastoral letter, all Scripture is God's brief and is useful for teaching correcting, rebuking, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for good work. So, the reason why Solomon was very strong 
no? very stern in his warning, is to protect all of us from adultery. He wants to protect you and me from the sin of adultery. And I especially like how the Message Bible translates verses 24 to 25. No? The Word of God protects us from wanton women, from the seductive talk of some temptress, from lustfully fantasizing on her beauty, from being taken in by her bedroom eyes. No? Now, let me again, no? uh, balikan natin yun, the Word of God protects us from wanton women. No? Now, wanton women are not the lady servers of the different noodle houses in Chinatown who serves you wanton noodle soup. No, hindi yan, ha? But seriously, wanton means a person or someone who is not morally pure. So again, the Word of God protects us from wanton women. The Word of God protects us from lustfully fantasizing on her beauty. No? What is lust? Well, let me tell you first what lust is not. No? Lust is not sexual desire. Sexual desire is part of God's creation. We are sexual beings with sexual desire. And the consummation of that sexual desire is lawful. It is beautiful within marriage. No? Sexual desire, again, let me repeat that, is lawful. It is beautiful, but dapat within the boundaries of marriage. Laws is not mere recognition of physical attractiveness. God made us recognize beauty without breaking God's law. So what is lust? Well, lust is a desire to engage or enjoy illicit sexual activity. Lust is an imagination of that sinful act. Remember, lust is the first step towards sexual sin. No? And this is what Jesus was saying in Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. Everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Lusting is adultery happening in the head long before it happens in bed. Yun yung sabi ni Chuck Swindle. The Word of God also protects us from being taken in by her bedroom eyes. You know, when my family went to Dubai, we saw some of the women dressed in their traditional clothes. Some were wearing hijab, some were wearing chador, niqab, or burqa. And you know what? Almost all of them no, were adoring their eyes and eyelashes. And when you looked at them, talaga naman, makakaptivate ka. No? In Tagalog, mahi-hypnotize ka sa ganda ng, deco ng, uh, ng uh, makeup ng kanilang eyes and eyelashes. But the choice is simple. Would you choose to be hypnotized or not? Turn the other way and do not look. 
just like in our marriage preparation classes. We always remind all the couples attending that the scripture is where they will find God's blueprint for marriage. And dito lahat, yung blueprint for marriage. Yet the true test is not about knowing what God's covenant for marriage is. It's not being informed what headship and submission truly is all about. No? It's not knowing what leaving and cleaving is to become one. But the real test, but the real test is after hearing these commands, will you follow? After hearing this command, will you obey? Again, no? how can we stand firm against adultery? Number one, keep God's word and follow his commands. Number two, know that it's a destructive adventure. Adultery is sin. And so when God sp spoke commandment number seven to Moses at Mount Sinai, thou shall not commit adultery, God declares that sexual immorality outside the bounds of marriage is wrong, even if it is between two consenting adults. And in verse 26, no, I'll be using the NIV version because it really captures what Solomon's want, uh, Solomon wants us to understand. It says, For the prostitute reduces you to a loaf of bread, and the adulteress preys upon your life. Now, to be reduced to a loaf of bread means that if you continue with that kind of a lifestyle, you'll end up in poverty. And this reminds me of what happened to the prodigal son. After he got his inheritance from his father, what, does he, what did he do? Well, a few days later, this young man went on a journey, and he spent all his money on prostitute, on parties. And we all know what happened next. No? Naubos yung kanyang mga inheritance. And he became poor and hungry. And he came to a point of even wanting to eat what the pigs were eating. But the fate of the one who follows an adulteress, well, that person's fate is far, far worse. It says that it may cost you your life. Now, I want to clarify that though we have described in this particular passage, ano yung kahihinatnan ng dalawang action na yun, it doesn't mean that Solomon is preferring one over the other. No? What he wants us to know is that in both of them, both lifestyles are to be avoided. No? Note that both lifestyles are to be avoided. In verses 27 to 29, it says also that sexual passion no, is often compared to fire. This means that fire or our sexual passion must be handled with respect within the bounds of marriage. We all know this famous saying, no? if you play with fire, you'll get burned. When you can't handle your sexual passion properly, 
Solomon compares it to what? Putting fire into your hand or trying to touch an open flame. And what happens? Of course, mapapasu ka. And so that also will happen when you touch someone else's wife. And when I say touch, it means that you go and have an intimate relationship with that wife. There will surely be dire consequences. A pastor, no? uh, author, and even a writer, no? Ray Ortland, he says, Sex is like fire. In the fireplace, it keeps us warm. Outside the fireplace, it burns. Finally, in verses 30 to 35, it describes how the person who was offended by a thief no, and a person offended by an, ad an adulterer will dispense his justice. Regularly, no, we hear in the news, we see in the news that when a thief is get caught, what is their usual response? No? Kasi, I'm hungry. Kasi, there's no job. Kasi, I need to feed my family. Some may have compassion for their situation, but a crime has been committed, and there are consequences. Even if the thief re returns all the stolen goods, he sometimes has to go in prison. Similar to Exodus chapter 22, verse 1 to 4, restitution or compensation comes in the form of paying two to five times the amount of goods stolen. And you know what? Even if he cannot pay, that thief is sold so that he can pay all his debts. You might think that that's harsh, no? But the penalty given to the thief is nothing compared to what awaits an adulterer. You might observe that in this passage, no, walang legal issues na pinag-uusapan. No? no legal issues were being discussed, but words like wounds, which implies that the adultery is hurt physically. Disgrace, which means that the adulterer will be put to shame and his reputation destroyed. And that's not all. Aside from the wounds and disgrace that he will be receiving, it says that for jealousy makes a man furious. Now, the Hebrew word for, used for furious man is geber. And this word means that the man or that furious man is a warrior. And he wants to fight. And what scares me is his reaction. No? Ano sabi sa end of the passage? He will accept no compensation. He will refuse, though you multiply yung mga gifts na ibibigay mo. What does that mean? Walang areglo. No? Walang areglo. So my assumption would be that when a husband is furious and he takes matters in his own hands, well, the outcome would be similar to those headlines that I read from India, Thailand, Zimbabwe, U.S., and even in the Philippines. Huh? Angry husband killing their wife's lover. Angry husband no? killing uh, their wives and ask the wife to behead the wife's lover. 
No amount of money will satisfy an angry husband, and a furious husband will seek revenge. No pity, no mercy. And the worst case, just like what happened in the news, death. My brothers and sisters, escape from adultery. Escape from adultery. Because when adultery checks in, everything precious checks out. When adultery checks in, everything precious checks out. How can we stand firm against adultery? Keep God's word and follow his commands. And second, know that it's a destructive adventure. Now, before I end today's message, I want to share some actual and true-to-life warnings and tips. Now, the warnings and tips that you'll be hearing was the actual testimony shared by an adulterous wife. No? Ito yung heading niya. Warning, the eight dangerous, dangerous stages leading to adultery. Number one, no communication and unresolved issue with spouse. And this is what we're teaching in our marriage preparation classes. Communication is to love as blood is to life. Communication is to love as blood is to life. So if there's no communication in your marriage, it's as good as it's dead or there's no love in it. Communication is vital. Sweeping issues under the rug does not eliminate the issues. It might just get worse. So please, no, try to talk about it. Try to confront yung mga issues by discussing, by the, uh, by, by discussing, no, by discussing it. Number two, spending more time with the opposite sex. Now you need to protect yourselves by not spending more time with clients or colleagues of the opposite sex. You need to put some, some boundaries. Some people, kasi they think that there's no harm spending time with members of the opposite sex alone. But sometimes, one thing may lead to another, and before you know it, you're already falling into temptation. Number three, allowing outside influences or environments. You're exposing yourself too much to temptation. How? By being in close quarters or proximity. No? Kayo lang dalawa sa isang kwarto. Kayo lang dalawa sa loob ng kotse. Joining parties where you know that there's going to be liquor, no? where everybody gets drunk. No? Going to overnight business trip. Number four, be careful when confiding to the opposite sex. Exercise caution when you are sharing disappointments about your spouse to the opposite sex. Restrain in sharing intimate details in your marriage. Also, never joke. Never joke about cheating. Never joke about getting into an extramarital relationship. Baka yung kausap mo akala totoo yung sinasama o hindi ka nagjo-joke. Number five, inappropriate thoughts. 
stop playing foolish things in your mind. No? That someday, nako, makakasama ko to. Don't entertain lustful thoughts concerning a colleague at work, no? As Jesus described that earlier, no? Sa Matthew chapter 5, that it is a form of adultery. Again, from something innocent, it may transform into a sexual fantasy. And your lustful thoughts may cause you to commit physical adultery. Number six, following the heart. No? Itong principle na to is embraced by billions of people and advocated by personal stories, movies, no? and even music. But following your heart falsely and blindly may lead you to have an extramarital affair. Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. So who can understand it? Don't listen to your heart. Listen to God. Okay? Don't listen to your heart. Listen to God. Number seven, flirting. Sexting is flirting in the 21st century. And at this stage, no, on the seventh stage, there is already verbal and non-verbal flirting. Communications comes in the form of what? Meron na kayong mga secret na mga codes. Intimate secrets are being shared. And iba na yung body language ninyo. And finally, emotional and physical adultery. At this stage, you're too weak to stop this. This is where your emotional intimacy gets the better of you, which leads to physical intimacy. You may also think that intercourse defines adultery, but Jesus reminds us that lusting and coveting someone in your heart is adultery. My brothers and sisters, adultery no, doesn't happen overnight. It is a process and it takes time for two people to fall into sin. Of course, I would not end no, yung example on warnings only. She also shared no, and gave me her tips on how to get out of adultery. Number one, admit the sin. Admission is the first step to freedom. Denial no, is the biggest roadblock. Ayaw mong aminin. That's the biggest roadblock to recovery. Admission requires you to think na I'm not God and recognize our need for our Heavenly Father who is able to get us out of this evil cycle. Number two, acknowledge inability to correct yourself. Reality is we all have problems. We all have defects. We all have some experiences, traumatic experiences, or social problems to name a few. But you know what? Our pride and ego gets the better of us. Our ego and pride will tell us, Kaya mo yan. You don't need help. But the truth is, acknowledging that we can't now is the first, is the second step towards receiving help.
Number three, cut the relationship and change your environment. What do, how do you do that? Block the number. Don't respond or look at text messages or even answer phone calls. Block them on social media. Don't even think of closure. No, kailangan mag-closure muna kami. Do you know what's the best extramarital affair closure? None. None. If needed, resign from your job. Resign from your work environment. Or even leave your business partner. Yes, alam ko. It, you will lose a lot of money. But remember, what matters most? Money, family. Don't give in to money. Give in to a better life. Some will also use suicide. No, magpapakamatay ako as a threat. Surely, there will be guilt. But consider the fact that you'll be trapped and leave no space for emotion. Get out. No? Malis ka na dyan. It's not easy, but this is where God comes into the picture. Number four, know more about God. No? Rekindle your relationship with God. Take one step at a time because every moment is a challenge. Every moment is temptation. Every moment is a struggle. But no temptation is too strong when God is on our side. Number five, confess and repent. Now, remember this. Huh? Take note. Many try to skip this part after an affair because they are not sure how will their spouse respond. If their spouse, if their spouse would, would hurt them physically, if their spouse would spread the word and ruin their reputation, if the spouse would tell their children and they would, have, and they would hate them, these are all valid concerns. But confession is really important because it releases you from the bounds of Satan. Confession is important because it releases the foothold of Satan. So when we confess to our spouse, we are now accountable to them. It enables us to be honest, to be transparent, and help you recover in your journey. Confess to God. Confess to the people you hurt, like your spouse and your children. Number six, reconcile. Sa totoo lang, at times, it may not be the end result. Some may not forgive immediately, and it's natural because bakit? They felt betrayed. God willing, time heals all wounds, and they will eventually learn to forgive you and have reconciliation. Last, join a support group. Go for marriage counseling. Join a recovery group. Seeking godly counsel enables the couple to see problem from a different perspective. And this counselor will mentor you, will help you on how to deal your struggle on your way to recovery. 
to this brave, honest, and repentant wife. I would like to thank you for allowing me to share your story, your warnings, and your tips on how to get out of adultery. She also replied to me, and sabi niya, it's a blessing to share God's love story to the ministry. To her forgiving husband, one thing that I'll always remember from, his, from him is this, and let me quote, one word that best describes our marriage right now, blessing, because truly God is, the cent is at the center of their marriage. I hope and pray that God's message today did strike a chord in our heart and soul. And as we hear God's word, may all of us obey to what he commands us to do. Flee from sexual immorality. All other sins we commit are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against his body. Do you not know that you are, your bodies are not your own? You were bought with a price. Honor God with your body. To the one who have this question, what must I do? Believe in God's word. Repent from your sexual sin and you will be saved. And by God's grace, God will save your marriage and your family. For the last time, for the last time, when adultery checks in, everything precious checks out. Escape from adultery. Let us pray. Lord, we want to thank you for your word. The message today is a reminder or a rebuke for some, for some of us. Lord, I pray that you constantly remind us to know and remember how infidelity can destroy a life, marriage, and family. I pray, Lord, for all the couples who are listening this morning. Lord, that you let them know that you love and care for their respective relationship. Lord, in whatever struggles they may be in right now, let them know that they can call on you for strength to overcome whatever temptations that comes their way. To the people who are listening, that have friends they know are committing such acts, Lord, I pray that you grant them your wisdom and the right words to say so that as they confront that husband or wife, they will be confronted with your truth and grace coming from you alone. And they will be enlightened to repent of their sinful ways. To those who are toying or playing with this idea, Lord, I pray that this timely message has illumined their minds and realize how disastrous this will be for them and their family. And if they decide to pursue this course, Holy Spirit, I pray that you continue to convict him or her so that, Lord, they may be truly humbled 
and relied on your power to resist that wicked scheme of the enemy. Lord, as all of us seek refuge and shelter in you, grant us protection and power from the evil one. For we pray all of this only in our mighty and great Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.